0: Hello, and welcome to Lockdown Film Festival Conversations. In this week's episode, we discuss the 1974 film The Conversation, starring Gene Hackman and John Kazai. A paranoid surveillance expert has a crisis of confidence when he believes that a couple he's been spying on are about to be murdered. Thanks for joining us, and here's the conversation. Week 33, and it was Harry's pick of The Conversation, written and directed by Francis Ford Coppola. And I'll pass over to him now to let us know why he picked it and to run a discussion.
1: Hello. Thank you all for coming. Thanks for having me. Um, right, thought process around this. I We've done like real classic in, in Citizen Kane, in Vertigo maybe, And then we've done kind of more modern classics throughout the 90s. Correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think we've done anything in between. I can't remember, but I don't think so. So basically I wanted to think of the 70s and 80s and then primarily the 70s. Um, I had a bit of trouble because I had a first choice and it was an Italian film and Amazon Prime only had it dubbed and not subtitles. And I just didn't want to do that. Um, So I'll talk more about that maybe at the end if people want to go and watch it. But I wanted to pick something A classic but not necessarily an obvious classic and the 70s is quite a good decade to go for that um another reason I have only ever seen one Gene Hackman film and that's the Royal Tenenbaums and he's absolutely excellent in it but not what he's mainly known for so I wanted to watch some Gene Hackman um this film has always been on my list but one of the ones I've never got around to watching um I've seen a lot of films in the same kind of mold of that Decades, Talking Taxi Driver, Last Tango in Paris, kind of these quite depressing, quite bleak films about singular characters. Um, And I was really fascinated by it. And I thought it's something that we haven't potentially looked at. It's a bit, it's a thriller and quite a subtle one at that. Um, So really that was the reasoning. Um, I think a good place to start from maybe what makes this film what's been talked about is the sound and the and the technological advances which seem very dated to us now but how important sound is in the film and the continuing theme of hearing that titular conversation over and over again and kind of sidebarring off that the music and that kind of thing how the sound impacts um harry's life i thought might be a good place to start rather than i liked it i hated it maybe or spin off, I hated the sound, I like the sound.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think that's or what...
1: just talk however you want to talk. <laughs> I don't really mind.
3: <laughs>
2: um yeah, I really liked that element of it, um, in the way it was structured and the this conversation that you heard at the beginning kept on coming back and it kept on revealing more and more as you go through learning how first of all how they actually recorded it in three different ways and then you realize that you aren't missing part of the conversation it's just going to keep being revealed later and I thought that was a really good way of pacing the film and keeping it interesting at least the first part of it.
4: Also I felt a bit at times the the recording of the conversation worked almost like you know, those optical illusions where you see one picture and then you see another. By the end, I, mm. I heard in their voices what I thought sounded like a different intonation. And then I thought, well, no, that's that's yeah. my brain. <laughs> that's my brain playing tricks on me. It's because we know the outside context now. It sounds, mm. everything sounds different. And I, I quite enjoyed that. I like things that mess with your brain. Um, but because I, I was genuinely mm. going, that's not how he said it at the start. Well, of course it fucking is. It's the same recording. but. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah so I thought that was super super effective and quite creepy uh, which I enjoyed. Mm.
5: Yeah I loved all the old tech that they were Yeah using. <laughs> uh, the concept record and play the conversation on and particularly at the conference I kind of wanted to, a bit more of a kind of walk around to look at all the different cool yeah. ways in which they were, used to bug people and kind of spy on people I found that fascinating mm. uh, and it was almost like I kind of had to keep thinking I, in my head always I was always like this is filmed further on than what how old the tech was because I was kind of thinking wow they've got loads of like all of this tech like really high quality for this film but I was like actually no it was filmed in the 70s <laughs> 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 Yeah, I wanted to wander around that conference a little bit myself.
2: Is that a conference that actually would have happened in real life? <laughs> <laughs> I swear, people just like outright going. I and, hope so. Like what, just exposing yourself as a surveillance yeah. person? Like, I, a, I don't <laughs> know if you'd be interested in this. In, like, who are these I did think that. Yeah. It's just creeping <laughs> on everyone. Like. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I thought it would immediately blow your cover. I thought the whole oh, concept yeah. of a convention for a surveillance was completely
0: defunct.
2: Like they've maybe just
0: shown off to each other.
2: Surveillance I, seems to be a bit of a giveaway. Yeah. Isn't
0: I think there's an element <laughs> probably to which like the prevalence of Well, the, the technology was maybe better than I initially thought it would be for the seventies, but like the amount of knowledge around surveillance from the general public was probably still quite small. And you know, this there was a lot of. Mm. This film wasn't designed to be a response to the Watergate scandal, but ended up slightly looking that way. And I think the idea of tapping phones and all this kind of stuff was still so new to a lot of people that that kind mm. of surveillance conference probably could have got away with it. And I think there's, to a slight degree, it was almost like, you know, it you've got to have the knowledge of surveillance to know that there's going to be something there to go and see, almost, maybe. I don't
2: like, know. Like <laughs> plain sight
0: kind of vibe yeah like you know that they in general didn't really do much to kind of hide their identities very often like you know they even in the (laughs) conversation like the woman states like that guy's been following us around for the last half an hour like it wasn't like oh I can never be seen kind of thing it was like oh I've been seen and now now I've got to stop kind of thing and I think yeah I think that's probably why the conference could fly even though it did look very lackadaisical
1: (laughs) yeah you make a good point, Gus, about the the um, uh, the awareness of that time with Watergate. And this, as, as you said, Coppola had this script written 10 years before. And when they, in production, the Watergate scandal happened. Um, and it would have been a massive, massive thing in, in popular, not popular culture, I guess, but the news. So that, that would have elevated this film to a new level of fascination. I'm trying to think of a good comparison to now. I don't really can't really think of one on a technological basis but it was like the most technological scandal of the century and you've got this suddenly this film which is all about that world I imagine there's something very fascinating about that and now to us it's fascinating in its archaic nature which I thought was was quite fun watching him the tapes that the three different tapes and the the pausing and the rewinding there was something so kind of like therapeutic about watching that that's how he used to do it And I was thinking about how now I would edit audio and be like, wow, it's so much fucking easier now. Um, But like the labor that he took in that work was, it made it so much more tangible. Like it was an art, especially when he got out the little um, filter when he could hear through the drums. I was like, Oh, this is like a puzzle. And it's a real master of his art. I thought that was really interesting to watch. And I thought that's hard to something on paper that would be quite boring. You'd think would be really boring. i think Coppola made it look interesting I don't I don't know if anyone else wants to speak to that
6: yeah I thought it was fascinating um and just so engrossing um and where he's flicking between the three and when he finished the first three and couldn't get it through I was like oh god like what's he gonna do and then he brings out the filter and then it's just like right that that next piece of the puzzle like he's found a piece that's dropped under the sofa kind of thing and it's just advancing on that
3: one
6: I think as well the actual sort of musical score behind it as well with the piano worked really well um, I found that really engaging. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I love.
1: Yeah, the I score think I think there's I'm something um...
6: terrible
1: with films normally. Sorry, Jen.
4: No, I, I, I just um, more on sort of his sound equipment and stuff. I think you know us, we're we're pretty we're all kind of products of a very digital age now, and I think there's there's something really really like aesthetically pleasing about how manual everything was with the editing like i wouldn't i wouldn't have the first clue Mm. how to do anything like that nowadays and it's it's Mm. it's sort of it didn't feel dated but it just it's it's that like it's you know how people are really into vinyl nowadays whatever i think it's i think this it's this kind of yearning back to something that's a bit more tangible than the kind of digital communication we use um which i really 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 liked Um, i also thought the piano was creepy as hell (laughs) i loved it (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. yeah
7: for a film that yeah uh you know it's quite a slow film i found myself like on the edge of my seat uh for this film you know more than any other we've had really and it did culminate in that as as you've spoken about harry the the beautiful section where he's just winding back the tapes it's just like we're getting closer and closer to to the answer um I can't remember when in the film that was maybe like two thirds in, but like for me, that was just like, there was definitely, definitely a highlight and definitely a, a very dramatic moment in what is ostensibly just someone just playing around with a little bit of like a mechanical machine, you know? Um, yeah. I love that <laughs> mm.
1: Yeah. I think it's a good point to spin off about how this story builds because I'll have to admit, early on, I was like, this is this is slow. Mm. And, and I've yet to hear any. And I think there's probably going to be some critiques of it overall. But I did think early on, Christ, what have I put them through? But for me, it really earned that by being slow. Because later on, the smallest things made me jump. Because it had generated this kind of environment of stillness. That anything puncturing that stillness, for me... Then had a huge effect. Um, So, like the whole scene in the hotel bathroom, uh, hotel room, for me, was quite fear-inducing. But I'd I'd be really interested to know whether that worked for other people.
5: Yeah, I don't know. For me personally, um, the pacing of the film didn't quite pay off in the end. It felt a bit like Mm. you know you you drive in like like a four-year-old car. And you're trying to constantly get it going, and you're getting so pissed off trying to get it going that when it finally gets going, <laughs> you, you're kind of relieved, but you're still annoyed because it took so long to get along. <laughs> <laughs> That's <a lot laughs> of what it felt like for me watching this film. I, I,
0: I would mm. slightly agree and slightly disagree. I I think for me the 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 pace didn't bother me per se, but the kind of middle section, which as I talked to Max about this, I think the middle section of this film is designed to kind of show that it, this uh, like level of surveillance could happen to anyone. Like, you know, the, the things that happen to him, whether it's like, you know, the pedant being planted on him and that's got a microphone in it that allows them to record his conversations or like him letting his guard down and, the, and Meredith stealing the tapes. Like that is obviously designed to show how prevalent this is but I was so unengaged by those story moments, being interrupted by mm. a cat. Um, <laughs> and so therefore, like, I, so I agree with them. like, the, the ending did really pay off for me once it kind of got to the moment where he thought he'd figured out what the mystery was. And I loved that ending, but it was, I could have loved it even more if that middle section was more engaging yeah. and, you know, maybe it is to do with how slow it was. And the fact that those scenes felt like they lasted for a very long time. I think that is obviously by design by Coppola massively, but it doesn't didn't quite work for me.
5: Yeah, yeah
7: I, I mm. kind of agree with that, Gus. I think it kind of, <clears throat> that middle section, it lost me a little bit, which meant the, the payoff at the end wasn't successful. But I think those overall, I still found it like a kind of, I found it more of an interesting piece to watch more than like a kind of
3: yeah
7: engaging full film, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I think that's a good point because um, effectively, this film for me was a character study. And the only saving graces, not the only, but the biggest saving graces for that middle section for me are when he was the pen microphone is revealed and his conversation with Meredith is revealed to the whole group because that shows how much it took for him to share something and then how humiliating it is for him to have it revealed. And equally, I'd say that the scene in the confession with the priest where he comes up with some truths was I found that quite heart wrenching because of Hackman's performance. And I think they were just peppered enough character moments for me that I realized, oh, this is solely about this man enough so that the ending resonated with me. But I totally agree that there were parts throughout the middle where I thought, oh, this is going on a bit or I'm not as emotionally engaged as I think I should be. But it had, for me, it had a
0: couple of saving moments
1: that I just mentioned to conclude, in conclusion.
0: I think I found the character of Bernie so unbearable. I think that was another thing that really, like, he was just, I don't think that performance was fantastic. And that character was so annoying. Mm. And I didn't feel like he had to be as annoying as he was. That <laughs> Every time he was in a scene, I was mm. like, oh can this scene end because I don't, I don't find this character interesting or important at all. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, you know, I, I found the film far more interesting when it was just Gene Hackman, as Harry called, just sat at a desk trying to, you know, fiddle with the knobs and whatever, and trying to uncover the mystery and the guilt that he felt over past, you know, instances or the current instance, like, that's what worked for me. The whole surveillance world moments felt. You know, a bit like Mm. shoehorning something in to push some push a kind of agenda that I didn't really like.
8: With the um just I know at the start you were saying about how ridiculous to have a surveillance conference, but the whole thing, and I don't know if again, like this was at the time or something, but if anybody gave you a pen at a surveillance conference (laughs) and just bragged about how easily they can tap shit, I was like, why would you accept that pen? And he emailed exactly me. It thing so was, right? was all
0: like, well, I was literally like, yeah, he put it in his pocket. And I, 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 I was like, well, there's obviously a microphone in there. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. Like, who are, you, who are you kidding? Like, come on.
1: I, um, I, I, that flagged me as well. And I think it's, I don't know what the comment is here, but there's a collection of things. We, we're constantly told that he's, he's the best in the field, he's, he's the best bugger on the West Coast but he's terrible at his job he gets bugged by Moran his landlord or landlady is able to get into his three locked apartment they open his mail they know how, how old he is his mistress once watched him hide by the door for an hour and she knows that it's him when he's coming in the door I think there's and obviously at the end he's been bugged as well supposedly so i think there's loads of like these little things that point oh he's actually terrible at his job and i don't know what the commentary is there i just think <laughs> I there's, there's too much as, as a that quiz, show him to not be as good as he thinks he
5: is as a quiz I don't, I I don't... when they said bugger i so thought they meant like the english slang bugger and i was <laughs> like that's very british <laughs> yeah, <probably>. I don't think it's a commentary on how bad he is at
0: his job necessarily. (laughs) I think it's more this idea of he's the expert, he's the pro, but he can't protect himself fully. Like all the the measures that he takes to try and ensure Mm. his own privacy don't work because there are so many other things and so many options out there for that to be broken down. So I'm not not sure it necessarily shows that he's bad at his job, but it shows that he can't control his life the way he wants to. And he's so clearly desperate to Mm. have... You know this completely isolated private life that no one can have access to and he, that's almost impossible for him to ever do because of you know and just working in that field doesn't fully protect you from you know being tapped or something like
2: that mm. i wonder as well if there are some elements to it where he's obviously spiraling a bit at this point because this bugging scenario is brought up brought back memories from something that happened in the past and so that's taken his focus off protecting himself. Rather, he's trying to protect these other people. And so he's therefore more susceptible to being caught himself as well. For those middle sections, that doesn't quite explain his landlord being able to send him a birthday. <laughs> right. I think,
0: like, the pen one, as I, I may have been pretty callous with, like, it's obviously got a microphone in it, but he, fe- he, I don't know if anyone else felt this, he felt, he seemed so smug throughout that conference scene like mm. the character of harry it was so obvious that he kind of saw himself above everyone else that was there in the way that he'd be like well you know that's <coughs> trash that doesn't make any sense that doesn't work like he wouldn't he wouldn't take the photo which you know maybe that's for privacy reasons but he, he it seemed to me that he thought himself above everyone and that no one else could quite get to his mm-hmm. level and so it was the the pen thing was maybe just well you know the he watched that telephone demonstration, and it was so shit that he probably didn't even think that that bloke had any talent at all, or something. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think there's something uh, in, this, in the in the yeah. in the safety. The... Oh, sorry, I'm on delay. go on do it again harry <laughs> <laughs> I, was just, I was just gonna say there's something in the safety that the, the best man supposedly at this cannot protect himself from a bug and i think i'm and that might move on to the conversation to the end scene whereby he drives himself mad trying to find the bug and then i think which for me it was a beautiful final shot where he's just playing the saxophone unaccompanied well not with the the recording as he's previously and just like completely free and almost like he's given up on trying to to have this incredibly private life and just sort of like given into the fact that it's impossible and it's found a freedom to be able to do the things that he wants to do that's my poetic rendering but i I don't know how people felt about that final scene or or the whole final act i suppose what was real what was in his head
4: yeah i was gonna say because they there's that fucking weird dream sequence that for me just came out Mm. of nowhere and for a while i was like sorry what (laughs) what is happening why is it all misty god he's been talking to mr Darcy's director like (laughs) oh so much mist everywhere but no um (laughs) but no that that really threw me because it was it it, for me it just felt so alien to the rest of what we'd seen in the film um but then I think yeah by the end the, the whole idea of him sort of unraveling I really enjoyed I also I thought something about the sound of that saxophone being played as you say without any actually accompanying music sounded just so sad <laughs> um mm. and it was yeah it it I really like um jazz and it's it it did remind me sort of weirdly of um there's the phrase you know like when you're listening to jazz music you should listen to the notes that aren't being played but then when you have just that weird solo sax trying to play a tune with nothing else there I Mm. felt like oh it's so horrible and uncomfortable um some parts of this film for me really turned into like almost a horror like the the tension in the Mm. scene where he's in the where he it's when he goes into the um hotel room after the fact and you know look looks around Mm. and there's there's so many false starts um that for me it felt like something from I don't know you know like the shining where there are so many false moments and then when something horrendous happens it really is horror horrible um I completely lost my train of thought there there you go no it's something
1: I want to talk about because this kind of sneaks up as a a a soft horror near the end I mean there's you know Mm -hmm. there's a few things and it is I felt really unsettled there was one moment in particular where he's in his room his room and he's um underneath the sink and he's like drilling through the thing and the first he listens to the wall and the first loud noise I genuinely screamed because I was expecting (laughs) dread and I think that whole sequence for me did a good job of like dread is coming and then the payoff with the blood coming out the toilet was not what I expected. It was like a, a poetics—a silly word, but it wasn't. A, it wasn't an obvious body in the shower like you thought it was going to be. It was like this.
2: Yeah.
1: Is that real? That blood coming out of the toilet, which no, I thought I was wasn't a better sure. payoff.
2: Yeah,
6: I thought it was. Um, all, and
1: yeah, I mean, like,
6: just because of the dream sequence, and he sees it obviously shot for shot, and that's Coppola's point. But the fact that he sees the blood yeah. and heads back inside and then heads in afterwards, and there's nothing, I was just like, oh. Okay, well, and then the toilet and the blood, and then it's only at the end when it gets revealed, that I was like, okay. Okay, all right, yeah, fair, okay.
1: Yeah. Because
6: my question is-
1: No oh, wait, sorry, Matt, you thought happen? it was did real or not real? Of the official story is it-
6: he- um, I didn't think it was real at first. Uh, and then at the end I was like, okay, no, that was real. But it, I just didn't- I Okay. Just, like, what's
2: not fine that because you didn't believe it was real, it then just wasn't scary. 'Cause when I saw the stuff coming out the toilet, normally that would have really got to me. But I was like, oh, he's imagining it. Yeah. It's scary. Which it kind take, of ruined well, it for it me. took away the tension mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. Because yeah. I just thought he was all in event.
0: I thought it was real. Yeah. But then I'd... But then but then I don't know. I mean that that, that kind of the level to which the toilet overflowed maybe was a bit ridiculous i'm no i'm no expert in
7: plumbing but that seems like an unlikely outcome um that's that's my 10 pence i think like
0: it has to be slightly married to the whole scene because the whole scene that he goes in there and he can't find any evidence of the murder that he's been that he's feared has happened and yet For the toilet to overflow like that, the logic would have to be always done so quickly that it was quite scattergun approach to clearing up the whole thing. And so, therefore, there probably should have been more indicators of a murder in the room potentially. But yeah, like you, Nick, I'm not an expert in plumbing either.
2: Anyone else just think it was really odd as well and just a bit sick that like he knew this murder was going to take place, but he just wanted to go and stay next door and just listen
7: to it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think that spoke to his weakness in that he, he, this has happened to him once before. He could see it coming a mile off and still didn't do anything. And even when he's on the balcony and sees that bloody hand, he goes and hides under the covers and much watches no. the Flintstones. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, totally, really, um, yeah. I totally agree. And I think it, it spoke to how pathetic he was. I liked that he didn't suddenly become a hero and stop a murder. He's useless, <laughs> which I thought was interesting.
2: Yeah. It, it only
0: was... really took like, well, sorry, Jen, I just quickly, it only took like one phone call from Harrison Ford, who, the creepiest Harrison Ford's probably ever been, to be for him to be like, yeah, no, I'll leave this alone. Yeah. Like he was like, don't get involved. We know where you live, kind of thing. And he was like, okay. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah. Sorry. He's
0: not looking to, and he's
1: that's the moral conundrum. But he's not looking to stop anything. He's just like, oh, there's going to be a murder because of my work. Maybe I'll just get the room <laughs> next door though.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> well it, it was it was funny because i'll in be the weird- there but i'm just gonna be next
1: door <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's funny because in the in the dream sequence he talks a lot about his and i have no idea if this was real or not again it was it's one of those strange films where you're like i have no idea what actually happened but he talks about being paralyzed <laughs> as a child and i thought okay like mm. st- the the kind of the the idea of paralysis and the idea that he's sort of stuck in this strange kind of limbo And he's not really able to connect with the world but Mm. he's also not not able to let go of all of his weird compulsive sort of yeah i don't know i don't know i don't have a point here but i agree i thought it was really sick and creepy that someone would think a murder was going to take place and just just kind of sit on the outside of it and then i thought you know what Mm. what I, I wonder what they were trying to say about his character Because in that, that dream sequence, doesn't he
0: have the line he says, I'm not scared of death, but I am scared of murder. Yeah.
4: Like,
0: <laughs> and so it's like it's like the notion of like someone dying is not what scares him. It's the notion of like the criminal act almost. And it's so, like that's what he's scared of. He's not he's not like desperate to stop someone from necessarily dying. He's desperate to stop someone from being killed due to his mm-hmm. um his influence, I suppose, and because that's coming it, purely from a like kind of selfish, cowardly point of view, that's why he fails to act. Because it's not like he's not desperate that, to stop someone dying. And if I think if he was, he'd then intercede. He's not desperate to stop someone from dying. He's desperate to stop the influence of his work no. causing. Something is
4: that a Catholic dying. thing? I was going to say. I think it's part yeah. of his. Sort it, of, it's his the idea of sin and the fear of yeah.
2: But his his like shit engagement with Catholicism as well. He's like clearly quite attached to it and sees it as quite a strong identifier of himself and yet it, yeah like he his confession was so nonsensical like he goes in and starts <laughs> off like use the lord's name in vain blah, blah 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 oh yeah and i might also be involved in a murder yep yeah, cool job done bye mm. and it's like that's yeah, yeah. off for another week we've all been there we've, we've all been there. There.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and, and, hell Marys, you are all be all right
2: but... <laughs> And when he's trying to, the... and he hesitates over smashing up this little Mary icon. <laughs> and it, it's yeah, it's not religion because he believes in religion. Religion because he's guilty, no. he feels shame about things. Yeah, it?
1: I thought yeah. that Mary thing was good because it shows the futility of his belief. Like his belief the... is not real. It's Mary. it's rooted in absolving himself, basically.
2: You can tell she's a cheap knockoff Mary. No, i real He's not a real... <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I was I decent one.
0: It took him so long. it was it just made of plastic. I thought it was to be made yeah. of like China yeah. and he was gonna smash it to bits yeah. and he had to rip it, yeah. it apart with his <laughs> shows how committed he is to Catholicism, which is
1: very little.
2: Well, I, I actually found that whole part kind of annoying because it was like they needed religion to explain it to explain his morality and why he cares so much about these people dying it's like you don't need religion Mm -hmm. to really care about Mm -hmm. wanting to stop a murder
4: but like (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. but 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 i guess that's the point is like he didn't actually care about stopping the murder no you know like it's
1: so Uh, he thought by he thought by saying it in confession that absolves him of any responsibility um and that was like oh cool well well, i'm off the hook but then realized that after that, he's like, Oh, I guess I'm not actually off the hook. I've got to go and do something. And then doesn't do anything.
4: <laughs> Very strange.
1: <laughs> um, what did people think about Hackman <laughs> <as> the, <laughs> as the performance? Do that again, Harry. So, what did people think about Gene Hackman as a performance? Because he's not been, he retired a long time ago, and I don't know how, you know, we don't see Gene Hackman anymore, but, and as I said before, this is only the second film I'd ever seen in him seen him in, Um but I'd like to know, I'd like to see what people thought of him as an actor. I really
2: liked him. I thought it was a strong performance.
4: I agree. Yeah, I thought he was, I thought he was brilliantly, brilliantly cast. Um, I, I, I cared about the character, but not probably not enough. It's just to loop back to the kind of the idea of pacing. I, I found him fascinating to watch, but I didn't find him fascinating to watch enough to make up for for me the real loss of pace in the middle. Mm. Um, I sort of, I, mm. at some time points I wanted just a little bit more, and I cannot fathom what that little bit more would have been. But I think that was not him or his performance. I think it was the pacing around it that that I was struggling with. I guess
2: I, I mm. think his performance was good, and his face was so readable that it meant he could have trimmed a lot of the fat that I thought was really frustrating about the film. Like when he went to see his mistress girlfriend thing. And in essence, that was summing up like he really struggles to open up. He, you know, likes to keep himself to himself, but he's really, he wants intimacy but can't give it. We could have got that from many other scenes in a much shorter time without having all that nonsense because he could carry that. Yeah, I think that that yeah. that was definitely something put in there so that the pen scene would work a bit later, and it's mm-hmm. just like that was it didn't give much else. Yeah, either.
1: I think it's a good point, Neve and Liz, because I think that that uh, lack of uh, intimacy or opening up could have been explored with um, Stan Moore, John Cazale's character, which I who, who I felt like didn't get. Enough of that relationship. I thought that was really interesting because yeah. he's a brilliant actor, and yeah. there was clearly this 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 um, this dichotomy of like who how involved they want to be or how much they want to know. And then he's quite heartbroken when Stan leaves him to go and work for Moran. And that side of Harry could have been put way more into relationship with Stan for me rather than Terry Gar being underused as his as his mistress. I, I, I liked that scene, but I do think it's a missed opportunity. And it could have been done elsewhere without that scene.
0: I, I would agree because I think like the, you know, I mentioned how I, I felt like when you, the the scenes in the middle trying to flesh out the character a bit more didn't work as much for me. And I think if we, you're right, if we tried to have more characterization through the actual plot, like through the plot of the surveillance experts, rather than kind of extra added on scenes that tried to flesh him out. Like you're mm. right, Harry, if, if we'd explored that level of not being opening up to people, not really talking about his feelings at all, with characters that were kind of alongside the plot of the kind of tapes and all this kind of mm. stuff, then the whole thing would have flowed probably a lot better.
2: Yeah, we said that it was sort yeah. of treading the line between a thriller that should be very plot driven versus a character study that could be slow and umptious and take its time. And all the character development, mm. slow, umptuous stuff was done in offshoots from the plot. So it took away from the pacing mm. where the thriller plot line should have been the main driving force. And then you get the nice character tidbits alongside her. I feel like because we... I didn't... also
4: thought the mistress... Oh, go on.
2: You
4: go, you go. <laughs> I was just going to say, I feel like the mistress character, for me, really, really landed this film in the 70s. <laughs> the the, the <laughs> treatment of mm. the female characters really... It took me out of the film, and I and I I really detest sort of looking backwards and and not judging films, you know, of their time, and I, I I try to be aware of it, but that really kind of hit me. The like, oh hey Harry, I've just been lying in bed for you, la 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 la, like zero character of her own zero kind of purpose Um, and I think it was for me it was more than a plot device it was just like oh it's the fucking 70s and everyone's super sexist (laughs) that did really irritate me as as well as the kind of structural plot-based arguments we can make for the character development. <laughs> it's me on no, I, I just now. didn't get that
0: scene at all. I didn't understand <sighs> the point of it. Like, why has he got a mistress when he doesn't have a wife? Why doesn't, like, like, <laughs> yeah. either, either he's with this woman or he's not, like, I just didn't understand. The, the relationship didn't seem to make any sense. It was like, is she, like, it was all, I, I, I know this is probably not particularly good thing to say, but like, almost like she should have been like an escort or a prostitute for the way that he behaved towards her. Like, mm. it didn't make any sense the way he treated her and the relationship they were supposedly supposed to have it just didn't make yeah and terry garr's mm. so great and yeah she was just in this mm. scene with this yeah classic 70s haircut and uh yeah i thought i thought that that scene i agreed Jen. and it didn't fully really take me out of it but i was watching it going, why is this here i don't get this scene at all
8: yeah I think, like i think you're right gus in this idea of perhaps if she'd been more obviously like hired company because it's a like he was paying a
4: Oh. Yeah.
8: Oh, sorry, there. did my internet go shit? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> go I'm sorry. I'll translate it really quick. Um, the fact that he was paying her rent and kind of keeping her as this kept woman, and she kept saying, like, oh, I'm, I can't wait for you anymore. It's like, but you don't know anything about him. Why were you waiting in the first place? <laughs> Laura's getting possessed into
5: me. My- <laughs> I'm so sorry. I can
8: hear it coming. It's almost like looming on the side. And I'm like, oh, it's <laughs> Um Shall I just do a kid and type my thoughts in the chat? Shall I do <laughs> that? <laughs> Carry on.
2: <laughs> I hated oh. his coat. I don't know what... <laughs> oh Your the, coat,
3: the, the coat.
2: paper bag coat yeah. constantly oh, like this
5: like paper thin it was made of like grease proof paper <laughs> 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 it's a coat oh I, I man
3: coat. I, I said but to I, you
5: like near the end of the film like what, why is his coat so shit so <laughs> <laughs> <It's> creased yeah <laughs>
7: Me off as well. I like how pathetic it, was, a
1: it felt, made him. Yeah, because
0: yeah. it, it, it kind of looked like it should have been like a waterproof Mac or something, but it wasn't quite that, and it wasn't quite a normal coat. It was this kind of horrible in between. <laughs> mm. It was grim. My um, my
1: biggest gripe with the scene with the mistress is that he didn't take his coat off. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> now going in off. bed
3: in his coat.
1: <laughs> he oh, never oh, took his off. coat off.
5: <laughs> costume and makeup zero out of ten.
0: <laughs> well no, it was a good costume because it All fit the character. Good. I'd say.
5: Yeah, yeah. Did um did we in the final scene again? Uh, when like by the time he's like ripped up his entire apartment, bit of an overreaction I thought, but I appreciated the poetry of it. Um, but did we ever find out where the bug was, or did I completely miss that? Oh. Yeah, no, and there's so no
0: bar. necessarily evidence there is a bug at all, really. Yeah. It might
4: be in his head. It might all be in his head. Oh. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think the only reason he ripped the whole thing up is that he literally had to start back from nothing to be able to just live his life in any capacity kind of thing. Um,
4: I, I, I oh, that is poetic. That. Thank you, Harry.
2: Yeah, I don't know if I got that sense of freedom from that scene, though, and I don't know if I read it wrong, because I didn't make sense with the whole saxophone thing, but I just got that he had not found the bug, but he's still going to be looking for it or, like, conscious of it Mm. forever, and that's not going to leave his mind now, and he's just in his pants playing saxophone (laughs) Thinking can't do anything else yeah. they now because
5: they're going to hear it all and they're going to know <laughs> well, yes. I think
0: there's an element as yeah. well like the, final, the final shot is so designed to be like a CCTV camera moving left and right like this slow pan left this slow yeah. pan right this slow pan left like, awesome. I don't it, I, I think it hints at it doesn't necessarily say but it hints at the idea that like he hasn't found it potentially then there's something there that is watching him or something like that Like maybe it is just a nice little touch by Coppola but you know it, it could mean that as well
7: potentially yeah that was surely the height of uh, you know neurotic paranoia in a in a in a world of increasing surveillance no I didn't I didn't, mm. didn't guess I got a sense that he was psychologically trapped by you know yeah his, his life and work and, and you know that was the I mean he was As you say, sat there in his pants in his self-dilapidated house, like not, not a great look.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I, I like the ambiguity of it. I like the fact that we don't find a bug. Like we've all had different, you know, feelings on how it ends. And for me, I always love films that do that and don't just try and tell us what they want us to think. So I I, I quite appreciate that open-endedness. Yeah. And I don't think this film, how do you, you don't tie this film up with a with an ending, it, w- it would undercut the whole, everything else in it, I think, so.
2: They really care yeah. about finding the bug, because even if you found the bug, they just put another bug in, like, he's never going to get away, that's the whole point of a bug. Yeah. They'd
3: be
2: like, oh, I can't hear it anymore, okay, yeah. just, I'll put it Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's found it. i found it. Oh, he's found it.
0: It would have been the kind of thing like he found it and then the final shot would be a very, very slow zoom in on another piece of furniture that had a bug in it. Like, you know, like mm. the tiny little clock on the wall, like you zoom in slowly and there it is. Yeah.
4: Someone put a lead on a fire and it's got bug written on it.
8: <laughs> <laughs> I would have thought it was going to be under the uh, the next floorboard. So like had it, <laughs> it only pulled up one more. He would have found it. <laughs> did you Did you see my comment that I reckon it was the coat?
3: <laughs>
8: yeah, I so Yes, yes. I did
0: say,
8: yes. <laughs> he was always
0: Membrane wearing it. I would argue that coat is <laughs> material is far too rustly to plant a bug
4: on. Yeah, I was about to say it'd be like a paper bag, wouldn't it? <laughs> Every time he moved, it, it <laughs> the sound quality would be
8: bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! No, it was um. It was a weird film in that I got an hour in expecting to be about half an hour in. I was like, oh, surprised that we're an hour in (laughs) considering nothing has happened yet. Um, (laughs) I agree with you, Harry, in that by the time he'd got to the hotel, like I was curious. I was kind of like, what's he going to do here? But it was such a disassociated interest. It was like... Almost like watching a family you have no connection with in a food court fighting, and you're like, ooh, <laughs> what are they gonna do? <laughs> like, are they gonna go for KFC or Maggie? Yeah. What's gonna happen? Like it was that kind of interest rather than, oh my god. You know? Well,
1: you're you're being a voyeur, and I guess that's the whole point, isn't it? Yeah. Right?
8: Mm.
0: You're Can argue that oh, spin doctor coming out. You're voyeuring <laughs> <for> the voyeur. <laughs> I would I would agree with you, Laura. Don't I, give me a negative because I will spin vibe. it. I, I, <laughs> I was interested in what the mystery was, but more because there was a mystery rather than like his involvement necessarily and what it would mean for him. Yeah. I didn't like if at the end he'd been like arrested because it was his tapes that you know caused someone to get murdered. I would not have given a shit about him. I don't think mm.
6: was after. Um... His tapes have been stolen and he woke up and obviously couldn't find them. And Aaron and I were like, Oh shit, right, is this where it's gonna be? He's gotta go find the tapes. What's happening? And then he's just on the phone, mm-hmm. Paris and Paul, like, we have the tapes. And it was like, Oh yes. <laughs> that was <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> <Yeah>. that. That. <laughs> cool, right. Welcome, Welcome back next?
6: to Quick Mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> I think they
0: to be fair, like that's very, very true. But I think that mode is designed to be like, you know, he's so desperately not he's so desperately trying to not give over those tapes. And so the fact that they've got there so quickly is, I agree, like, you know, you're like, oh, okay. But it means more for the original story. (laughs) Otherwise you're just watching a different film.
8: um, The more I listen to the discussion, the more it begins to feel like somebody who doesn't write mysteries, trying to write a mystery and being like, I know what a mystery looks like. And they've kind of, gone their own way
0: we can do fine carry on all right
8: i could only see three screens it was you jen and max and anna and all of you were completely still and i was like (laughs) (laughs) okay no yeah it, it felt like someone who doesn't really write a lot of mysteries or engage with a lot of mysteries maybe going like yeah, we need, we need shock factor and we need this and we need a little bit of a twist and we need a this and we need a that. And as a result, it just felt a bit like they focused on the wrong thing. But I, then I guess you're right. If it's more of a character study, then I guess it's fine
6: to not focus on that. Because how much of The Godfather did he Yeah, Because he obviously worked with the actual writer of the novel. Because I, I don't know mm-hmm. if... How much of an impact he had on the writing because, if so, that's very sort of different to what The Godfather is like.
0: Well, I was talking to Harry about this, yeah. Last night, maybe, and, and there's like stuff out there that says that this is Coppola's favorite film of his own. Which, mm. considering how like revered he is, he has not made a good film since the 1970s, really. Yeah. Um, yeah but so like but all yeah, these the, other films that were so big were in general adaptations the two godfathers apocalypse now is basically an adaptation in the way of hearts of dark darkness and so is an element to which this is his favorite because it's purely original and then mm. harry was like well it's not purely original because it's inspired <laughs> by blow up so it's like you know yeah. i think there's there's a lot of conflicting kind of um creativity going on in this film that means that that's maybe why it doesn't quite come together for a lot of people
8: because i mean i've only like seen the wikipedia page but from that it seemed to say he wrote directed and produced it is that right yeah okay so but it's based on something else
0: well so there's a it's an italian film isn't it harry blow up or is yeah it's an Italian film
1: from the 60s called Blur, blow up no blow out
5: no, and blow up. it's
1: basically this concept but with a photographer blow up with a photographer so a photographer accidentally takes a photo of a murder and it unravels right. from there um, so right. this is this is inspired by that so it's not a wholly original concept mm-hmm. Coppola had the idea to do it with it with the advancing surveillance technology of the day kind of thing
8: okay I think, But then, I think there the is issue... something
1: in Gus's point in that he's, his strengths are not as an original writer.
8: Yeah, I think that's the, the feeling in watching it. And I know we've had this in other films, in film club in the past, is like when you get someone who has like a very singular vision of what it is they want to do. But actually, mm. sometimes that can be to the detriment of the film. And like if he's kind of gone, I'm inspired by this. It's like, but do you have the understanding? to turn that in like to actually transpose that successfully Mm. or because of a lack of other vision in this is there not somebody there going does this make sense is this the right move Are we (laughs) like do you need that other voice to kind of chat especially when you're being inspired by something else that was written by someone with a different experience to you and you're taking it and going I'm going to go my own way with it do you actually need someone else to go "Mm hmm? Not how I would have done it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I would also
0: be interested to know how. Intu- I, 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 Go on, Harry.
1: No, I was just going to comment about the script because people's a lot of critics like this film for the script, and um, you know we can maybe talk briefly about what that. I mean, Laura, Laura, you've you've touched on it basically, and I don't know if that leads into what you were going to say, Gus.
0: Uh, all I, I was just i'll quickly say all i was gonna say was and i you know i don't i don't know the answer it's like i wonder how much impact working on second godfather film had on this like they were released in the same year and the plan was never <laughs> for coppola to direct the second godfather film he was gonna that was actually amazingly gonna be directed by scorsese It was handpicked by coppola instead so therefore when he then had to direct that and that is such a mammoth film compared to this like it's <laughs> over an hour longer. Like, I just wonder whether there's some element of strain on doing all these films in such a short space of time and whether that's why some, it's not as fully realized as it could be, you know. I've, I've directed a three hour mm. film, now I'm of, of The Godfather, now I'm directing another film, now I'm directing a three and a half hour film of Godfather Part Two. I just wonder whether this gets, because mm. it's original, because there's no source material to base it off of, with all that happening so close together, almost at once, does that maybe affect some of the, you know, how mm. clear-sighted he could be when making this film, potentially?
8: Yeah.
1: It's a good point. For, for how um, for how heavy story The Godfathers are, perhaps he was just like, pulled his foot off the brakes, was like, this is just about a sad man, okay? And nothing's <laughs> going to really happen, but I'm going to kind of tease you that something's going to happen. But if you want things that happen, go and watch the two Godfather films I've made, <laughs> right? I
2: feel like you're welcome
4: I feel like even that
2: like wasn't even that exciting I don't know if anyone else found that. yeah but like
4: what was that sorry I, I missed
2: I was I'm um, saying that I didn't even feel like the actual conversation title of the film was even that yeah. interesting
4: no it wasn't I
2: wasn't, yeah. like, I wasn't desperate to- <laughs> Especially if that's the job, and he probably does that a lot. Like, why was that the one that he was obsessed by? Like, I know, I know they're talking about murder, and she might have got mm. like they're talking about murder and stuff, but it just wasn't that thrilling it Only became but, interesting I think
0: the right because they're not even talking about murder, are they? Really? Like, yeah. What the, the, yeah. the, the line is? No, but the line is he'd kill us if he had the chance. Like, no, that no, 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 so no. Oh. A Throwaway comment. For the but the intonation, yeah.
8: the whole conversation is planning it.
0: Yeah, but he doesn't know yeah. that, does he? For so long, oh, he has no well. idea that that's what they're doing. Like, I think, I think he's trying to figure out what they're saying. And, you know, he kill us if he had the chance. Like, anyone could say that about any situation if they, you know, if they were callous enough. Like, it's not necessarily an actual threat, is it?
8: No, I think it's, I think, peppered in amongst that, like, he finds quite early on, I think, before he gets to that quote, he's already found out that they like have acknowledged that they're being followed. And like, she's saying stuff like, Oh, pretend Mm -hmm. I've just told you a joke. Like there's enough stuff in the conversation to make him obsessed with finding out what it is they're talking about. And the things they say that sound, you know, we find out obviously they're talking about a murder, but they sound just fake enough to be like code for something. There's a few things they say, and I can't remember them off the top of my head now, but there's like, just a few things that it's like, yeah, a person wouldn't say that in a normal conversation. Then paired with the fact that they're mm. very aware they're being, you know, surveyed. I don't know what the verb is. <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh, <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: I think there's there's something in the early innocuous in innocuous, the conversation is innocuous early <laughs> on, but then because because it's replayed so much we, we think okay there must be something more to this and it's almost like please let there be something more to this because this is nothing and he I feel like we are him as well because he has that just slight niggle in his head like there's more to this and I'm and I need to flesh this out and that's why I think like we talked about before when this, when he finds that quote through the drum sound he's like validated that yes i knew there was something more to this and we feel like that oh yeah the bloody drums are in the way there is more to this and then for me the change change of intonation at the end with he'd kill us if he had a chance mm. wasn't well i was that did one of those little oh, moments where i thought that was clever um because it was about that it was about how you hear something and how you interpret it and i like that he he knew early on as an expert and as someone who had unintentionally had people killed by his work before he knew there was something more to this conversation when it could he could have just been like yeah that was nothing and just given it to the director and that was it mm-hmm. but i like how it niggled and how we heard that the tape played all the time and the little bits and that he was trying to find meaning in the song that she was singing and there wasn't anything there. He was trying to find meaning in the talk about the, the homeless man on the bench, and there wasn't anything there. And I liked that we were kind of pulled along with that. But Like, there's something more to this, and I'm not sure, quite sure what it is yet.
8: Maybe. Yeah,
4: I agree. <laughs> what it? Yeah. I, I like the initial banality of it all, because he himself is a pretty... You know, he's a scruffy, middle-aged, boring-looking bloke, and the things that happen to him are quite extraordinary. <laughs> and I think it's—it's it's, in some ways there are kind mm. of parallels. Like it sounds like a boring, normal conversation, and then, you know, peeling the way, peeling away the layers. I quite enjoy. I have a question. Mm. Do you think you could make an effective mm. modern remake of this film, or do you think there's something about the specific technology that that makes this film sort of legitimate?
8: I feel like we're all too just accepting of the fact that everything we say is being listened to and used against us in some way that it's like, wait, someone specific is listening. Mm -hmm. Lol, okay. (laughs) 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 Oh, this is one FBI agent is interested. Like, I I don't know. (laughs) I feel like we're all a bit too blase about the fact that, eh. Someone somewhere knows everything about me. What I, you get? Yeah,
0: I think the, I think <laughs> yeah. for this film to work now, a target would have to be so high profile that it would be like yeah. hard to actually get to them. Like a member of the public would just yeah, be like, "Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, fine, <laughs> great." Like, that yeah, obviously you was can it? hear them. You'd like, yeah, you'd have to be like, you have to find out what the president is saying this second. Like that's the only way this could probably work.
2: <laughs> I imagine it's that fun. like, he'd be smashing up his Alexa, smashing up his phone, like, <laughs> like up.
8: well, that will link to what what the only thing I've watched this week later on. Oh. If you want to see someone <laughs> <anyone laughs> using Alexa, Stop again, it. I am
3: <laughs>
5: They could always I'll do a mistake in this film where, if, it
6: was, um, where it was based around uh, Bill Gates micro-shipping the whole of the population to <laughs> figure out what's going on. Sign me
3: up. Who knows? Sign <laughs> you up. There is, um,
1: there's a film that was made in the early 80s, which is effectively a remake of this, uh, called uh, Blow Out. And it's with John Travolta in the lead. And it's about a sound guy that unexpectedly, unexpectedly records a murder. And it is absolutely brilliant in the worst way. Please seek it out. It's a proper, proper B-movie thriller. Directed by Brian De Palma, who made Scarface. So like good credentials, but it is mind boggingly schlocky, but such a good thriller. Like it's actually really fascinating. Is it, so is it one if of those you films liked you... this and wanted more to happen.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say, is it, is, it's, is it it's one of those films? It's this film with more like, yeah. Go is on, it gosh. one of those films whereby it's, you know, when, when Pulp Fiction came out and everyone went, oh my God, John Travolta can act after all. Is that one of those films that allowed that, you know, opinion to be valid? (laughs) Because he's just so bad.
1: Uh, He's very, he's very well. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. I would just, if anyone, if anyone is bothered, and wants to watch more of this genre, check it out because it's it's a really good schlocky eighties movie. (laughs) Oh dear. I love those kind of things. So. (laughs)
8: <laughs> when did rear um, window come yeah out? I, I
1: don't have anything else that was old that it? was six
4: 65
1: early oh, 60s, i thought it was I older
4: think. than that i don't know because oh, it been, might, loved it, it loved might be
1: its color so it makes me think it's early 60s but that was that's i absolutely love Real window and that, that i'm glad someone brought it up because this is very much inspired inspired a little bit because of the voyeurism nature of it and that kind of threat from not uh, <laughs> anyway yeah it's a good point if anyone hasn't seen rear window it's 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 great for it for that for that kind of sense of voyeurism and like a threat that isn't very
0: threat- threatening threatening <laughs> i don't know if that's a good sale but sure then we get more james stewart as well So Bill's house yeah and fred's yeah. house Well, welcome, Um, Pav.
1: Pav, I didn't uh... have anything else to pose. Hi,
4: Pav. Hello. I didn't see you coming. (laughs) That's
9: that's okay. It looks like you're too busy um, manning the the control center.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sorry. Let me just put you on hold.
9: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Sorry, guys. What have I? What have I missed?
0: everything um, yeah oh. probably I, th- I mean like i was gonna pa- pass it over to you because i don't think we've got a lot more than necessarily anyone wants to say so if you want to just you know cover your thoughts and feelings and then if there's anything anyone wants to jump off from there
9: uh, yeah sure i thought that would probably be the case um so yeah I think, <laughs> overall i really i enjoyed this film um uh i think it was i think the timing of it just about suited me in that I think I was watching it, and there was a very slow, long build-up. Um, you know, i um, you know, and I, I think I was, I was, I was hooked in just the right time. So, it was, you know, the, the the first half an hour, I was very much like, "Where is this going?" And then, yeah, the story developed at a pace which was nice, and it it kept me ticking along really nicely, which I enjoyed. Um, I feel like the actual sort of twists towards the end were enjoyable, but. I don't think we're satisfying as satisfying as I was hoping for, but um, no, it was overall quite thrilling. And then my only predominant thought that I, that I had, which I assume no one else would have mentioned, was that um, the only thing I could think of was I've seen, I think I've seen about four Gene Hackman films, and my my favourite, obviously, being Enemy of the State, where he basically plays the same <laughs> guy. Um,
0: Will, Will Smith's <laughs> in that, by the way, guys. In case <laughs>
9: you know. Oh, there we go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I just thought that was really
9: really weird uh, that like what 20 years later Gene Hackman's playing a guy who's basically running away from the state and they're all bugged and being recorded um, I, was, I had no idea if any of that was to do with this film but, uh, but I thought he was great I thought he was I thought all the acting was really good um, yeah, well,
0: I mean if, if based on what we have watched so far if you want to combine Gran Tree that some of the best things from Gran Torino and some of the best things from this then watch Unforgiven because that's got good good Eastwood and good um, Hackman. Um, okay. good and it's point. a western which you know if you like a western give it a go. Oh no. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got Morgan Freeman in it as well I and mean, who doesn't love him? Woo.
9: That sounds good. But yeah no overall overall I was I was a fan I think um I think it, it jarred me just because I'm not used to watching films, like early 70s films. Um, I think The, the Godfather is, the, the first Godfather is the only other, I think, Francis Ford Coppola film that I've seen. Um, so, yeah, it jarred me a little bit to start off with, but but I enjoyed. I thought there was some really, really, really cool camera work in it
0: as well. Yeah, I, I, I thought the, the establishing shot at the beginning was superb. I yeah, thought that was brilliant yeah. because it was, it was very clear very early on that it was someone was watching what was going on from like a really big distance, but it really moved around enough that you weren't sure what the subject was. Like at first mm. you kind of, mm. you were listening to stuff and you weren't sure who was talking, what was going on. And then at first I thought it was this clown that we were supposed to be focusing on. And then I thought we were supposed to be focusing on Hackman and then it slowly shifted camera view from Hackman from watching Hackman into watching the couple and watching lots of things go on at once, and I thought that was a really good way to start the film. Mm. Maybe it never quite reached that level again, but um,
8: I thought oh, it was
0: different
1: <laughs> cinematographer. And he got he did that and then got fired off the project. What? Really,
8: <laughs> really,
1: yeah. There was there was one cinema. There were two cinematographers on this film, and the guy. Was first the only thing that stays in the film that he shot was that opening sequence, and then shortly afterwards I mean, I don't know if they shot chronologically, or but he that's the only thing that he's credited for in the film, and the rest is another guy. Huh. The rest of his stuff must be. Well, that sh- was the something. best bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What did he do? Yeah, I, I can't remember the guy the he guy witnessed before. the murder. <laughs> 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 And the guy <laughs> afterwards is the guy that did Jaws. So, oh,
4: what a film! <laughs> I'm actually sad we've um, not watched Jaws yet. Would it be allowed, or would it be too much of a horror? I think it's allowed.
9: No. <laughs> oh
1: wait. Allow it. More, more old films. Um, yeah. I- I don't really have anything else to pose. I, I like that we mentioned the music. I thought the music was brilliant. I just want to say before that, normally I do not notice music in films. It's not something that I pay attention to, and this had a real effect on me. So I'm, I'm sorry our resident musician can't be here to share his opinions, but I hope he, he enjoyed it.
4: He did. <laughs> he enjoyed it very Maybe. <laughs> much. <laughs> Didn't it? it did, yeah yeah I yeah <laughs> no it was it was nice. I thought I thought particularly I thought the music was awesome um, mm-hmm. and i like like it's very rare when a film has that like one motif that they keep bloody returning to like in this one i i I kept thinking like god you know this twinkly piano bit that could really be pissing me off at this point because i've heard it solidly for like two hours now (laughs) but it didn't and i I sort of i remember just just being surprised that i wasn't annoyed and actually it was (laughs) i i I, I kept enjoying it i don't know how they did that
0: but it kind Mm. of fit the character quite you know didn't it like the fact that it was monotonous like his life was and the fact that it was a solo piano by itself and his life was so lonely it kind of fit the character whereas if it had been that kind of same motif by one instrument over and over again in a different film that was like you know about a party then it probably wouldn't quite fit as well <laughs>
4: mm. yeah
0: true I
3: thought
0: it was Evocative. a lovely score.
1: and I think I think it was his brother-in-law Francis Ford Coppola's brother-in-law that scored it So,
0: David Shire yeah oh. yeah
1: um, no I have no other comments but I would like to try and recommend the film that I initially tried to pick um, which is on Prime and it's called it's called A Special Day and it's with Sophia Loren and Marcello Mastrioni, who are two giants of, you know, wow. Italian cinema. Um, but I really don't like dubbing and I think we need to hear their voices as them in Italian. Um, and you can find it on the BFI player, I think, or you can try and rent it or, uh, or acquire it. But that's what I wanted to pick. And it's about two people who stay home in their apartment block when the rest of Italy are going to see a Hitler rally when Hitler comes to visit Mussolini and it's just this little character study about the two of them a housewife and a gay man who's being um persecuted by the regime and they're just hanging out for a day in the in her apartment so that's what I would wanted to pick but you know this was this was another choice but if anyone wants to watch that please do
0: nice one (laughs) Or don't, go 17. Like, I, I, I want to pick someone from the BFI player. I don't want anyone to use up their free trial. <laughs> oh, <okay>. Gosh, <laughs> watch it in the same week. There you go. You watch it in the same week.
9: Um, watch it in the last
0: week. <laughs> uh, has anyone got anything else <laughs> they want to touch on, or should we head to the scores?
8: Uh, naked Lady. Yeah. yeah. Do, you to, do you want to
0: expand on the naked lady? Or just I was just like
8: very it? surprised. I'll be honest with the tone of the film. I was like, "Oh, bless her. She's trying for some fucking reason." Then we figured out the reason. I was like, "Ah, that makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's
0: awesome. We talked. To, um, I mean, I, I mentioned that I was confused by his relationship with Terry Garstka. I was even more confused by his relationship with her. Why what, were what any was that of these relationship? women interested? I
9: just yeah, think, I
4: yeah. think it's just well, that. Guess, yeah. That was very much then, the like seventies thing that got me again. <laughs> yeah. Like, why is she naked? She doesn't have to be. He doesn't take off his coat in bed. Why yeah. do we have to? Like, <laughs> I don't <laughs> mind like, <look-alike>, but why?
8: <laughs> I, I think because there was like it went from the the embarrassment like oh he, he can't take a joke he can't take a joke <laughs> <laughs> good night good night
3: because
8: suddenly <laughs> he's lying down and she was just flat out naked and I was like where did this come from and I'd seen at the start it was 18 so I was like what? where is this gonna go like what are we gonna see and we just but it was
0: something. all so casual I thought like like because then it always like almost not oh so is she like his wife or his girlfriend and then the other one was the mistress because like it all seemed very relaxed when actually it was a woman he'd met that day
8: and yeah. he was know, just but- so caught up in the <laughs> recording Yeah, Yeah. he was a weird guy. It was weird. I just (laughs) feel like if you are in that situation where you, this is your life and a woman like that comes into your life and for some reason is sticking about and is willing to have sex with you in this situation alarm bells should be ringing you should be going well no one would do this in their right mind so what's she after what mm. have i got that's of any use my recording
0: yeah. oh yeah I'm the recording i'm desperately trying them. to keep from anyone who could use it to hurt anyone
8: yeah
4: but one. also he's got lots of, of secret thing. stuff in this warehouse why is he letting them all go and hang out and have a fucking after party yeah. there right you you know know what what i mean, mean? I, I was like around. what are you doing <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is my point he's not very good at his job <laughs> i think he just wanted some company
2: Oh, he clearly God. wanted
1: some kind of company and intimacy. Enough. <laughs> and the convention, the convention, the convention was clearly fitting. like down
0: the road from where he worked. Like you didn't have to go very far. Yeah. Like, usually, like, oh, we're going to convention. It's in Vegas, and it was like, oh no, it's literally like two blocks down.
3: Yeah.
4: Can... yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. <I know. laughs> they hold it there because he's the
1: best bugger on the west coast.
4: Come mm, on, guys. I, they want I, him to I, be no, there. I still <laughs> think it just sounds funny. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear.
3: So yeah. Jolly. So the
8: the nakedness, I, I questioned why it was in there and why it was needed, and um, and the answer is it wasn't. <laughs> I questioned and then I answered. <laughs> I got my answer. <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah, that was that was the only thing. I just texted Anna in all caps because I was so taken aback by. I was like, ooh tits. <laughs> And then it was the next scene and it wasn't mentioned again. Oh. Oh, yeah. dear. Um, right, scores then?
2: Just before that, completely, well, not completely unrelated to film, but did anyone else see Anna The National a year or two mm-hmm. ago? Because it had incredible sound design that was very similar, where every audience member had headphones on and the play oh. was set at a party and people were spying on each other and you were only hearing certain people's yeah, that's cool. input. Yeah, oh. Very, very good. Um, well, did it have um,
7: Phoebe Fox in
0: it? Pardon? Did it have Phoebe Fox in it? Was it that one?
2: Uh, I don't know. I don't
0: know. No, never mind. Never mind. Oh, it's, not, that... it's not worth the effort. Of it was
2: the right the right. Brothers doing the sound of so if you ever
4: see yeah. them, yeah, Ace. And on a kind of similar note, oh, I, I'm great. sure no one else will have bloody done this because I think I even did it with school or something. But I remember going to see a play in Stratford Station and the audience was sort of up on one of the kind of balustrade bits and the actors were just acting. You all had headsets just amongst the commuters. And I, nah. it was that very, very weird voyeuristic thing as well, again, but yeah, he just reminded me of that. Cool. So weird. <laughs> Can't have headsets now. At That's 5 p.m. It. in Stratford, everyone's like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> oh those were the days when we could go see theatre
8: mm-hmm. put put things on your faces and heads <laughs> I mean I'm still fulfilling that fantasy right now
4: but... <laughs> did you Don't get, you get that headset
9: from the play? <laughs>
4: <laughs> I've kept it as a memento ever since <laughs> I sleep with it under my pillow
2: <laughs> oh dear
9: yeah, the only oh. other comment I was going to make about the film was the, th- was the thinness of his jacket but...
2: yeah <laughs> Yeah. We
0: touched on the jacket, don't worry, Pav. Oh okay.
4: We hated on that jacket. <laughs> um, it was a huge
0: jacket. Yeah. yeah, we have now lost Nick to the football shocker. Um mm-hmm. but I've got but I've got his score, so it's okay. Um right. Any last any last 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 thoughts? <laughs> no. No. Okay, right, let's go. Um Pav. Uh six. Six.
7: Uh, Katie? <laughs> seven. Seven. Uh, Lara?
2: Six.
0: Six. Lids?
2: Six as well.
0: Uh, Max? Six from me. Niamh?
2: A Six also.
0: <laughs> I'm seeing a pattern. Oh, no, <laughs> the, pa- the pattern's ruined. Nick's a seven. Uh Ollie. <laughs> uh I was a six. Char was it four. Sha was a four. Thank you. Uh, Anna. Six. Six. Alex was also a six. Jen.
4: It was a seven, but I think to buck the trend, I'm gonna give it an eight.
2: Ooh. Yeah. Uh,
0: I'm That's also good, yeah. giving it an eight.
1: And Harry? Thank God for that, because I'm an eight, so <laughs> no, no voter bias here.
0: The conversation can currently be streamed in the UK on Amazon Prime Video. Thank you to Anka for helping us make this podcast, and to Ags Conway for composing our theme music. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back again soon with another episode. Goodbye.